out to us as well. Um, I don't know if I can tell this right, but um, last week I, I shared a, a story from a Peanuts cartoon, and then thank you, Bob Cantor, for giving me a, a Peanuts um, cartoon this morning. And it was Lucy saying to Linus, her brother, you know what, I found, I, I found the word sister in the Bible. If you know the Peanuts characters, Lucy was always like pushing for something, you know. I found the word sister in the Bible. I found the word sister. And Linus, Linus says, yeah, so what? And she goes, well, that proves you have to buy me a Christmas present. <laughs> always pushing for something. Well, today as we talk about Christmas, we're talking about a time to receive um, our, our theme for this, um, do we have somebody back there? Thank you, Stephen. That time of year, we're talking about that time of year, right? We said last week it's called the most wonderful time of the year. It's that time of year again, and we can't believe how quickly it comes around. And so we're looking to see what is this time of year really all about. We saw last week that this is a time of mystery, right? As God has revealed to us so much through the giving of his Son Jesus, um, a time of mystery. We looked at First Timothy um, there, the, the scripture um, in Second Timothy. I'm sorry, um, where it speaks of that um, that the mystery of godliness is all found in Christ. It's a time of mystery. And this year, if we can have the next slide, please. Um, I want us to see that th- this week, and we're looking at Christmas, that this is a time to receive. It's a time to receive, and if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1. We're going to be looking at two scriptures this morning, John chapter 1 and then going over to Luke chapter 1. But we're going to begin with John chapter 1, beginning at verse number 9. And the scripture says there, John 1, 9, are you there yet? Are we there yet, right? (laughs) John 1, 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was that which was his own, but his own did not what did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray that you would use it to teach us, instruct us, to lead us into your will for our lives today. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, if you have children in your home or you've had children in your home during Christmas, you know that much of their excitement is all about the giving and receiving of gifts. I mean, they just can't wait until Christmas morning and begin to tear into that pile, maybe, of brightly colored packages, hoping to find that gift that they were just waiting for all year long. I can still remember the Christmas when I got my flexible flyer sled. Anybody remember the flexible flyer sleds, right? I mean, what? I mean, that was like the best Christmas a boy like at nine or ten years old could have had getting that sled. Right. And, and they're just hoping for that gift. But the truth is, listen, you know, the truth is not only do our children enjoy receiving gifts, but you like receiving gifts, too. Right. We all like receiving a gift. Right. Um, of course, 
we all know that today the giving and receiving of gifts at Christmas has gotten a bit out of hand. And it takes everything within us to fight against the current that pulls us to spend more and more in order that we might give more and more. And somehow we got into our heads, well, you know, this is how I have to show that I love them, you know, and so forth. And in many ways, the whole business of Christmas shopping can become a bit tiresome for even the most diehard of shoppers. I read a story that, that talked about two men who just a, a few days before Christmas, they were next door neighbors, and while their wives went out Christmas shopping, they went out in their sailboats. We got a couple of guys who go out in their sailboats, right? right? They went out in their sailboats, and while they were in their sailboat, a storm arose. The sea became very rough, and the men had great difficulty keeping the boat under control. As they maneuvered their way to land, they hit a sandbar, and, and so they jumped overboard and began to push and shove the boat with all of their strength, trying to get the boat into deeper water. And one man with his feet almost knee-deep in the mud and the waves bouncing him against the side of the boat, his hair blowing wildly, he could hardly catch his breath, and yet he was able to, to yell out to his friend with a grin on his face this sure beats christmas shopping and it's true sometimes we'd rather be fighting a storm at sea than fighting the crowds in the mall no wonder so much shopping is done today online right but imagine if you will going to all the pains and expense or maybe the pain from the expense of buying for your family the best Christmas gifts you could buy. Imagine spending hours searching for just the right gifts and staying on lines and spending your hard-earned cash and doing it all gladly, knowing that on Christmas morning it'll be well worth it when you see their smiling faces and the laughter in their voices and you feel their, their arms just hugging your neck and you're excited, the grandparents here, you're excited to go shopping for your grandkids. You're excited to stay up late wrapping those gifts and put them under the tree. And you think, yes, this is Christmas is a time to give. But then imagine Christmas morning arriving. Some of you know where I'm going. Your heart is racing. You can't wait to give those gifts. You can't wait to see their faces as they open up those special gifts. And, but on this Christmas morning, something strange happens. The kids come down, your spouse comes down, your grandkids, whomever it might be. And as you hand them their gifts, they take them and they place them to the side. And you think, well, maybe they're just waiting for a little bit more to open them. Or maybe after they open the other gifts, they're going to open mine. But as the morning goes by, or whenever it may have been, the gifts remain set in the corner, pretty as could be, and yet unwrapped. And all of us would say something is wrong with that picture because we all know that the giving of a gift is really only half of the story. But the other half is the receiving of the gift. And truthfully, Christmas is not only a story about, it's not only about the giving of gifts, but as well the receiving of gifts. And some of us might say this morning, well, Pastor, that's a pretty ridiculous story. And it is ridiculous until we begin to realize that this is exactly what happened to God and the gift that he gave to our world. But the fact is, God gave to the world the most precious of gifts, the, gifts of his, the gift of his one and only son, only to have that gift at times ignored, sometimes left untouched, and even rejected. For as John wrote, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not 
receive him. And unfortunately, this has been the case with God and the gifts that he has offered to us time and time again. For God has reached out his hand with good gifts that only he can give. Gifts that come from the riches of heaven. Gifts that represent his grace and his favor upon us. Gifts of eternal value. And yet mankind continues to leave those gifts untouched, unwrapped, rejected. In Luke chapter 1, however, we find someone who, unlike most people, was ready and willing to receive the gifts of God into her life. If you turn with me to Luke chapter 1, and there we read the story. Most of you know where we're going here with the story of Mary. For in this account, we find God, through the messenger Gabriel, actually offering to Mary three wonderful gifts, each of which she has an option to reject or to receive. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, at, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. That's important. Just remember that thought. You have found favor with God. For you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and you will reign over, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The, whole, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the the son of God, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me. me. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And so as we look at Mary this morning, I, I, I want her example to inspire us to, to open up our hearts and open up our lives to receive the gifts that God offers to us. And he offers to us today, even today, the same three gifts that he offered to Mary. The first gift that God offers to us is the gift of his son. The gift of his son. The Bible says, John 3, 16, many of you know it well, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You see, you see, as I look at the message that, that the angel brought to Mary, I believe that in no way was, was this God's means of forcing Mary into receiving something that she did not want. In fact, in a sense, just the opposite was true, that the coming of the angel was God's offer to Mary. Rather than just make it happen or force it upon her, God sends his messenger so that Mary, Mary has the option, she has the choice to accept or reject what God desires to give her. The, the announcement was Mary's opportunity to say yes or no. It was kind of like, you know what, when, when, when Kim and I were, were dating, and I may have shared this a little bit with us in the past. We were dating for a little while, maybe about nine months. 
and I decided I was going to be going off to seminary the following summer. And so I, I made an announcement to Kim. I said to Kim, I'm like, listen, Kim, I'm going to be going to seminary this coming year, which means I'm going to be heading to the pastorate. And so, you know what, this is your opportunity right now, this moment at this dinner table in this restaurant to let me know whether or not you want to go on this journey with me. She had an opportunity to say yes or no. Thank God she said yes. You know, I wasn't even proposing to her yet. You know, that came later. You know, I said, if you definitely don't want to be a pastor's wife, then you can just like kind of drop me tonight. You know, on the other hand, I kind of knew what was in her heart. Right. Kind of knew what was what was in her heart. But it's her opportunity. I, I made an announcement. She had an opportunity to accept or reject. I kind of kind of an offer. Right. You see, God's first offer to Mary was was for her to receive the gift of God's son. For by saying yes, she would become the mother of the son of God incarnate, born here in this earth. Mary would receive into her womb, then carry for nine months and eventually give birth to and raise the one destined to be the Messiah, the savior of the world. And some of us might think, well, that's an easy choice. I mean, who wouldn't want to be the mother of God's son? Really? Really, church? I mean, personally, I think it would have been one of the scariest tasks ever. I think there may have been some who would have said, oh, no, I don't want to get involved in that. I'm not going there. I mean, imagine, imagine knowing that, that this child you've given birth to was conceived in some miraculous way, and now through, through, through the years to come, you're going to be taking care of this one that is called God's son, the Christ, the Messiah. Many of you know the song, Mary, did you know? You know, now, there, listen, there were some things that she did know because the angel mentioned them. But the song kind of highlights the fact that so much of it was beyond her comprehension. But you see, by receiving God's son into her life, Mary's life would never be the same again, would it? I mean, her life would be changed forever. Light and life would be birthed in her and through her. The Messiah would enter her life and change her life forever and the messiah would enter our world through her and begin to change our world forever and in a sense we might say that god has made a similar offer to us no not to become the mother of god's son not to give birth to god's son but god has offered to each one of us the gift of his son to be our savior He's offered to us that Jesus, that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, would somehow take up residence in our lives, that his presence would be with us, that he would step into our lives to minister to us, to save us from our sin, to renew us, to give to us eternal life, to change our lives forever. For John wrote in his epistle, 1 John 4, 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world, what that we might live through him, that we might live through him. God has offered to us, each one of us, the gift of his son. It's no wonder the apostle Paul declared, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. For you see, if we will receive the gift of God's son, our lives will be changed forever. We will receive his life. 
We all, we all know the presence of Christ residing in us and his work through us. John 1.12 says, we read it, to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Listen, do you want to be a child of God? Some people say, oh, we're all God's children. Everyone in the earth is, no, we're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. The Bible says those who believed in his name, those who've received the gift of God's son, they are God's children. I mean, to think that we get to live with the blessing of knowing that we are his children. Oh, the blessing of having Christ in our lives to save us, to lead us, to strengthen us, to enable us, to show us grace, to minister to us the riches of heaven. No wonder the apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 1-3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. Oh, God has offered to us the life-changing gift of his son, Jesus. And I ask you this morning, will you receive him or will you push him away? Will you receive him or will you set him to the side? Will you receive him or keep him at a distance? Some might say, well, how do I receive the gift of God's son? John tells us. He says, those who believed in his name. Simply by putting faith, you don't have to become more religious. You don't have to have to become something more than you are. All you need to do is believe in his name. Put your trust in Jesus as God's son. Have faith enough in him that you're willing to follow him. I ask you this morning, will you receive, have you received the gift of God's son? Will you receive the gift of God's son? But the second gift that, that God offered to Mary was the gift of God's spirit, the gift of God's. And it's, it's, it's just so beautiful as we read it and we, and we take our time with it and we don't gloss over it. But the angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's a picture of God casting his shadow over Mary. Well, the offer made to Mary was to receive the ministry of God's spirit upon her life in a very intimate and personal way. It was an offer to be personally touched by God's spirit. It was the offer of the gift of God's spirit who would come, who would overshadow her and would then create within her the miracle of life. How many of us know where the Holy Spirit is at work? Miracles take place. Miracles of life. For it would be as Mary received the gift of God's spirit that the miracle of, of the incarnation would take place within her. To reject the gift of the spirit would be to reject the work of God. And to reject the gift of the spirit would be to reject um, the life and the plan that God had for her life. To reject the work of the spirit within her would have been to cut herself off from all that God had in store for her. The multitude of blessings that, that would flow through her. But to accept the gift of the spirit spirit would be to open her life to that which would, would seemingly be impossible to accept the gifts of God's spirit would be to open her life to the flowing of God's life and blessing as she never could have dreamed of I mean I'm sure Mary never could have prayed oh God I want to be the mother of your son I mean, we don't pray those kind of prayers, but the Bible says he does more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And it all comes by the Spirit of God here working in Mary's life. Listen, to us as well, God has offered the gift of his Spirit. 
To us as well, God has offered the touch of his spirit in a very intimate and personal way. We too have been offered the ministry of God's spirit within our lives to create life, to work in ways that we could never even imagine. And when we put our faith in Jesus as God's son, we're told that the Holy Spirit comes and begins to dwell within us. And and, and thus we are born again. There's new life. Amen. There's new life by means of the Spirit. And then Jesus referred to the coming of the Holy Spirit upon his disciples as the gift my Father promised. A gift that they were to receive, that they were to open, that they were to allow to work in their life. He spoke of rivers of living water flowing from within them. He told his disciples, we saw it only a few months ago, that the Holy Spirit would come, would be their paraclete, that is the one who would come alongside of them and give them aid and help them whatever ways, ways they needed. He told them that when the Holy Spirit came, that they would receive power, that they would re- receive power, that the Holy Spirit would overshadow them, would, would fill their lives, that they might have the power to be witnesses, the power to live as they needed to live, the power to do what they could not do before, the power to see the impossible take place. Oh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon a man or a woman, his life, his or her life is changed in a supernatural way. They are made new within. They are born again. They're made righteous before God, empowered to live according to the standards of the the new set of standards that God has for them. With the touch of the Spirit comes the fruit of the Spirit, the qualities of characters that we normally struggle to produce from our lives that we know are right and true. And not only that, with the Holy Spirit, comes the gifts of the Spirit, abilities that go beyond our natural talents, anointings that come to help us do what God is asking us to do. With the gift of the Spirit comes that ability, that anointing to minister to others in such a way that their lives can be changed. Not just my life, not just your life, but the lives of others. With the ability of the, with, with the, with the coming of the Spirit comes the ability to pray for the sick and see them healed to have demons flee, to have the bound set free, to see God do what for us is seemingly impossible. Impossible. But with God, where his spirit is at work, where all things are, come on church, all things are possible. You see, God has offered to each of his children the gift of his spirit, the fullness of his spirit, He wants each of us to know what it means to have rivers of living water flowing from within us. And sometimes we kind of take God's promise, God's offer to us, and we set it aside. Well, I I just don't want that much, you know. I don't need that much. He calls us to unwrap the gift. And how do we do that? Well, Luke chapter 11, Jesus, Jesus in a sense tells us there in Luke 11 where he says this, So I say to you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be open. He goes on to say, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I think that there are times in our lives over and over again when we need to come, we need to say, Father, I ask you today for a new touch of your Holy Spirit. 
I open my life. You've offered me this wonderful gift, and today I unwrap it as I ask you in faith, as I ask you in faith, will you open up yourself, open up your life to being overshadowed by and filled by the Spirit of God? The final gift, we have the gift of God's Son, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the final gift that we find that, that um, God was offering to Mary was the gift of God's call, the gift of God's call. But the message that the angel brought to Mary was, was God's offer to a call, a call to fulfill the plan and purposes of God, not only for her life, but for the world. It was God's call for a servant, for one who would serve wholeheartedly the God whom she claimed to worship. And like any of us, listen, like any of us, Mary, I'm sure she had her own plans, her own desires for her life. She had her own concept, her own images of what life would be like. At the very least, we know she was betrothed to Joseph. The wedding plans were in the work, and Mary was to be a wife and hopefully one day the mother of Joseph's children. And we need to remember that at that time, a woman without a husband was destined for poverty. Worse yet, an un unwed mother would be shunned to the outskirts of society. And so the choice that Mary had to make was no easy one. To be found pregnant before marriage would most likely jeopardize her marriage and even her whole life. How could she explain to Joseph or anyone else, anyone else that the child within her was from the Holy Spirit? Surely few would believe her. Surely Joseph would divorce her. Her family would reject her. At this very moment, Mary's life just lay in the balance. Would she do what was pragmatic and easy? Oh, God, I can't do that. I love you, but, you know, that's just asking a little too much. Or would she take the more difficult road by submitting herself to the call of God? Would she receive God's call? Let me just say, how many of us know the call of God upon our lives is not always an easy thing? Some people may go, you follow God, give your life to Jesus, and do what he asks you to do, and, and the road's going to be smooth. It's not always that way. Of course, we know the answer, for Mary responded to the call. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And I asked myself, why? How did she, how was she able to say those words? And as I think of it, I just have to believe that somehow Mary knew that it was a great privilege to be counted as a servant of God. Even in spite of the difficulties it might bring into her life, Mary knew that the call she'd received was a gift of God, that it was, as the angel said, a sign of God's grace, a sign of God's favor upon her. And that Mary knew that somehow by serving him, there would come great blessing and joy, not only for herself, but for all the world. You see, to us, God makes a very similar offer, I believe. For God calls each of us to submit ourselves to him. The Bible says that he has plans and purposes, good works that he has prepared ahead of time for each of us who, who give ourselves to him. He calls us to be his servants. He calls us, as Jesus says, to lay down our lives. And listen, when he calls us, it's a sign of his grace and his favor upon us. Do we hear that, church? It's a sign of his grace 
and his favor. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 3, 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Listen, I'm like you. So many times I need to remind myself that my calling as a pastor, my calling to be a servant of God is by the grace of God, that, that it's nothing about who I am. It's nothing about what I've achieved. The same is true for each of us. It's all by God's grace that we get to serve within his kingdom. And none of us is indispensable, but it's all by God's grace that we get to know his anointing upon our lives and be used by him. A sign of his grace. And as we give ourselves as his servant, as we give ourselves laying our lives down, Great blessing comes into our lives, but more than that, great blessing flows through our lives. I was reading recently of how Nicholas was born of wealthy parents in A.D. 280 in a small town called Patara in Asia Minor. That's Turkey today. He lost his parents early by an epidemic, but not only, but not before they had instilled in him the gift of faith. Then little Nicholas went to Mira and lived there a life full of sacrifice and love in the spirit of Jesus. And, you know, this is early on in the church's history. And, and, and Nicholas was known for being so Christ-like that when the town eventually needed a bishop to oversee the, 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 the gospel work there, he was elected as bishop, presbyter. Right? We know he was imprisoned for his faith by Emperor um, Diocletian and released later by Emperor Constantine. And there have been many, many stories of his generosity and compassion, how he begged for food for the poor, how he would give girls money so that they would have a dowry in order to get a husband. The story most often repeated was how he would put on a disguise and go out and give gifts to poor children. And, 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 and we read of how eventually he gave away everything he had. And in the year 314, he died. His body was later moved to Italy, where his remains are today. Well, the story of Nicholas spread around the world. And, of course, um, many, many call him St. Nicholas. And, in fact, you know, there are more churches that have been given his name than any other person in the history of the church. And people have done strange things to him. The poet Clement Moore gave him a red nose and ate tiny reindeer. Thomas Nast, the illustrator, made him big and fat and gave him a red suit trimmed by fur. And others gave him all kinds of names, Belsnickel, Kris Kringle, Santa Claus, and so forth. But what's important for us to know about him is that he was simply a man who responded to God's call to be a servant. And because of his gentle, selfless love, he touched so many people both during his life and years afterwards, because, you see, he was willing to live as a servant of God. And we have, you know, our own ideas. I don't want to blow away the ki any kids here today. I don't think they're, you know, they're in here, right? But, but we have our own ideas about Santa Claus and so forth. But the truth is, there was a man who 1,700 years ago lived as a great example to us how, why? Because he surrendered his life to the will of God for his life. He lived as a servant of God. He unwrapped the gift of God's call. 
And the Apostle Paul wrote later on in, in his epistles, he wrote, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Aren't you glad for that this morning? I referenced that this past week with my aunt. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That those who will submit their lives to the will of God will one day receive a great reward. But you see, to be called by God and used by God for his purposes is a sign of his grace and his favor upon us. And I ask you this morning, will you unwrap the gift of God's call? Will you say, as Mary said, I am the Lord's servant? Will you say, as Isaiah the prophet once said, here am I, Lord, send me. Use me. God, I want to be used by you. God, I want to be used. And listen, here's the deal. There are so many people who God is calling. It's a gift of God's call. It's, it's a sign of his favor. Listen, if you're a Sunday school teacher and you're with those little kids, I want you to know your serving there is a sign of God's favor upon your life. If you're going in, 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 into neighborhoods and jails and into homes and so forth and you're ministering to people, you need to know that is a sign of God's favor upon your life. If you're singing on a worship team or you're ushering or greet, whatever it is, listen, God has a call for each one of us, and it's a sign of his favor upon our lives. But so many people, they take that gift of the call, and they place it to the side, and they say, I don't know if I can deal with that gift right now. And God's asking you to unwrap it, that you might know the incredible blessing of being used by him and the incredible blessing of th that will flow through your life to those around you, the gift of God's call. Luciano, if you come, please. You see, yeah, in some ways, Christmas is a time to give, but Christmas is also a time to receive, and we're not talking about receiving from one another, but a time to receive all that God has offered to us. And I ask you this morning, have you, will you receive God's gifts that he offers to you? For God offers to us today, he still offers to us today the gift of his son that we might be called children of God. Aren't you glad for that this morning? The gift of his son. He offers to us the gift of his spirit that we might experience his work within us in a powerful way and see the impossible done in and through our lives. And he offers to us today the gift of his call that we might bring blessing both to ourselves and to the world around us. And of course, listen, you know as well as I do, these gifts are not just for the Christmas season, but they're for the whole year long throughout all of our lives. And I just ask you this morning, won't you receive the gifts that God is offering to us? Let's not be like those John wrote about in John chapter 1, that his own did not receive him. But let's be like Mary, Lord. Lord, I'm ready to receive whatever you want to pour into my life. I'm ready to open up whatever it is you want to give to me. So we come like little children believing, as Jesus says, that our Heavenly Father, He's a good Father. He'll never, he'll never give us something evil or bad. We're not going to open up the gift and find a snake there. Poison. Something terrible. No, He's a good Father. We just come believing in all that God has for us become ours. Have you received God's gifts? Have you accepted them? Have you unwrapped them? Have you applied them to your life? 
If not so, why not do so today? Maybe someone here today, for the first time, you need to say, God, I receive the gift of your son as I put my faith in him and all that Jesus came to do for me. And if you will put your faith in Jesus today, every sin will be washed away. Your life will be made new. You'll be given the hope of eternal life and you too will be known as a, as a child, a son or daughter of the Most High God. Oh, won't you receive the gift of God's Son? Someone here today, maybe you need to say, Oh, Father, I ask you this morning for a fresh touch of your Spirit upon my life. That, I, that today I'm ready to unwrap the gift of your Spirit and allow your Spirit to work in me and through me what you see fit. A fresh anointing upon my life the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, won't you overshadow my life today? Maybe someone here needs to say, God, I received the gift of your call. Doesn't mean you're going to be a preacher or get sent way overseas, maybe. It just might be a calling to minister to that co-worker, that neighbor to step into that Sunday school class or whatever it might be. But God, today I open up my life. I say, here I am. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. Church, we stand together. Worship team, would you join us? Right now, would you just begin to pray, church? Just lift your hands to the Lord, whatever it is. As we just, just in faith this morning, we just begin to unwrap the gifts that God wants to pour into our lives. Again, maybe someone here saying, I need to receive the gift of God's Son today. Someone here, I need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit today. Someone, I'm ready to, I'm ready to unwrap the gift of God's calling upon my life. Come on, church, lift your hands right now. Lift your hearts to the Lord as we just begin to pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, you see your people right now as we begin to speak to you right now in this, in this moment, God. We thank you that you're a good God. You're a good, good Father. That you will never give to us anything that is wrong or anything that is evil, God. But you have good gifts to pour out to us. We thank you this morning for the gift of your Son, Jesus. We thank you for the gift of your Spirit. And we thank you, God, for the gift of your calling, a sign of your grace and your favor upon us. Oh, God, so we open up our hearts. We open up our lives to you. We open up our lives to you. We open up our lives to you. If you're here this morning, maybe for the first time, you say, I, I know I need to receive the gift of God's Son. I need to receive Jesus in my life. If that's, if that's you this morning, while everyone else is just praying, would you just kind of wave at me that I can, I, I, I can know to pray for you this morning? There's someone here this morning who'd say, I need to receive Jesus in my life. I need to receive Jesus in my life. Oh, then I trust every one of us has received the gift of God's Son. That you know what it means to be a child of God. But I pray that through this season, as we move into this new year, that we would be a people who would continue to open up our lives to the ministry and the work of His Holy Spirit. And that we would know the anointing of God to be used by Him that we would know what it means time and again to say, ah, here I am, Lord. I'm your servant. Here am I, Lord. Send me. 
send me. Come on, if that's your prayer, just one more time. Lift your hands to the Lord. Here I am, Lord. I'm your servant, God. Will you anoint me with your spirit? Will you use me, God, according to your grace and your good purposes for my life? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In